Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Coming up on this week's episode, I fix an Android feature that actually kind of bugs me. I review Kenobi Part 4, and I review Top Gun Maverick and Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1. A. B. N. It's headphones nailed! What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of Headphones Neil Reviews. I'm your host as always, Headphones Neil, bringing you a very exciting and review-filled episode for this week. So to start it off with an Android segment, um, as you notice I didn't have one last week, but I actually have a review this week that is for a feature that actually kind of bugs me and is actually pretty redundant in my opinion. And that's the pop-up notification or heads-up notification for pretty much any app that you have installed. So anytime you get a email or a text message or a Teams message or a, basically a mode for most notifications, you'll get this nice little heads up notification with a summary of what's being said in that notification, which for the most part is okay, I guess. But for me, it is actually really annoying because unless you have Do Not Disturb turned on, then it's going to interrupt you while you're watching a video or reading an article or playing a game and things like that. So the games are kind of the exception because in general you don't want any notifications. But let's say you are like me and you're reading an article. Now you keep getting heads of notifications. You have friends who send you six messages when one will do. Or you're watching a movie or a TV show or something and you keep getting notifications. It's really distracting and really annoying. So. On and off, I've been trying to find a way to turn that off. And for whatever reason, especially on my OnePlus 9 Pro, there used to be a toggle to disable them entirely. And I really liked that switch because I would always turn it off. And for me, I have a notification drawer. I see the icon. So I know I have a notification. I have to open it anyways to read the message. So having a pop-up notification um, is distracting. Um, so I was reading around a little bit and poking around my Android smartphone, my OnePlus 9 Pro on Android 12, and apparently there's a setting if you go into the app info area and then you go to manage notifications, there's a toggle for the banner to turn it off. So when you toggle that off, you will still get your notifications, but you will not see the uh, heads up display or pop up notification 
to show you that there's a notification. So now when you're reading stuff and watching uh, videos and stuff, you will not be distracted by that notification. Um, if you have your phone on silent, you'll just get the uh, notification or the little notification icon. If you're on vibrate or your sound is on, then you'll get those um, no, those uh, cues respectively. So um, if you head over to the YouTube channel, I'll ha I have the full review to poke around and explain all of that stuff. It's at youtube.com slash pateln01. But the quick and easy way to turn it off, and of course this is assuming you're on Android 12, um, from this... For my review, it's a OnePlus 9 Pro, so it might be a little bit different if you're on another manufacturer's phone, like the Pixel 6 or the Galaxy S22 or whatever. But essentially, if you go to your app drawer, long press on the icon where you want to turn off the heads up notification, and then you're going to click on app info. Now, somewhere in that listing is going to be an entry for manage notifications, so you'll select that. And then you'll see two um, phone like outline phone displays. One is going to be for the lock screen, so you can toggle uh, notifications for that app on your lock screen. And then next to it, you should see another outline, phone outline for banner. So this is when your phone is unlocked and you uh, are looking at your home screen or you're in any app. So if you toggle the checkbox on that, then you'll be able to still get notifications, but without the heads up display. So that way, if you're reading an article, you're not interrupted. If you're reading a book, if you're watching a video, you're already in another chat app. Like if you're chatting in WhatsApp and now you're getting messages from uh, Telegram or text messages or Facebook Messenger or whatever, you're not distracted by those other conversations, but you can still see the icon that you're getting notifications anyways. So the YouTube video has a visual follow through so you can see how that looks to disable it. Um, and of course with the caveat that it'll look different on different phones. But for me, I just wanted to share that as a means to have a way to turn that off just because it, for me, it's been a distraction for quite some time. The easy thing, or the easy answer, of course, is turn on Do Not Disturb. But since working from home, uh, you want, I do get a lot of work calls on my cell phone. So if I'm getting a lot of these random messages and pop-ups and things like that, turning on Do Not Disturb doesn't isn't always necessarily a good answer. Adjusting the settings in Do Not Disturb are weird, just because um, I would have to then either create a work profile and a personal home profile or I'd have to adjust it for certain phone calls but then if I'm playing games in the evening and I get a work call from a customer or vendor who are in a different time zone then that'll interrupt. So I thought that the easiest thing to do is just not to have the banner notifications and it also solves the problem of um, colleagues and friends and family sending you know the whole thing of five messages when one will do. So I now instead of getting a constant pop-up notification with all the messages they're sending, I just get the notification, I know it's there, and I can open it up as time permits. So that's all there is for that. So um, with that, I'm going to move into this week's Star Wars segment. Alright, so this week's Star Wars segment is going to be a relatively quick and easy one in the form of Kenobi Episode 4, or as they're calling it, just Part 4. So it is actually one of the shorter episodes so far um, of the season, running at about 36 or 38 minutes. So you, you don't have too much going on, it all centers around 
the rescue of Leia. Um, so with that being said, if you have not seen um, the episode as of yet, there will be spoilers in this episode or in this review. So definitely pause it or skip forward a bit and head on over to the reviews. But definitely watch it first before you hear this review. Um, but overall, I found that the episode was pretty light as far as um, uh, content as far as what was going on, but it does have a lot of uh, throwbacks and callbacks to episode four and various other um, property or Star Wars properties. So with that, um, I'm going to start it off with the Fortress Inquisitorious officers not knowing that the Grand Inquisitor is dead. So granted it was a third sister who killed him and she probably doesn't want them to or I guess by telling by if the third sister tells the home base that he's dead then that might prompt everyone else that she killed him but I guess Vader doesn't care as long as they find Kenobi. Um, so why they didn't know was kind of weird and it felt like that was a big gaping hole for the Sand Snake mother lady to um, basically get through that and pull rank to get into the building. So I just thought that was kind of fishy and if like, it's weird for the spy to know but then the home base to not know so granted that was good trickery on her part but it could have easily gone the other way and that's actually what I thought was going to happen was that the security officer guy was going to call the other inquisitors or call Vader or put an alert out that this lady's going to see the Grand Inquisitor but he's dead and they haven't picked a new one which probably is an explanation for why Vader showed up but he, he that was all more in my opinion him being mad for uh, third sister letting them escape but moving on when you're when they're as far as a callback to episode one and the video game Jedi Fallen Order the and the way that Kenobi enters into the Fortress Inquisitorius kind of matched or was reminiscent of Obi-Wan going to Ata Gunga in episode one when they're going to the Gungan underwater city but it actually also kind of mimics what you see when you play the video game and Cal Kestis is going to the Fortress Inquisitorius. So it's a very good comparison there. The underwater scene was very reminiscent of the video game. So a nice little uh, comparison there. Um, and then the ne next scene with Kenobi sneaking around the fortress was very reminiscent of him sneaking around the Death Star in episode 4. So he's hiding from the stormtroopers to find Leia compared to him sneaking around and hiding to um, get to the tractor beam controls. Um, so that was all good and then using the little flick of his fingers to make a noise as a distraction was a very good thing. So. I guess as that was a very good tool that he learned here and kind of a retcon as far as why he's using that. So overall a nice call back there. Um, and then the scene you know, upon my second viewing when we have Leia in the chair for interrogation started to actually remind me a lot of Rey in the interrogation chamber room from The Force Awakens with Kylo Ren. So granted with all that's happening in the real world, but also they don't want to hurt a child is probably why they actually had the rescue happen there. But, but which I'm glad for by the way, but 
Um, we have Kenobi now regaining more mastery of his lightsaber uh, combat by rescuing Leia from the stormtroopers, the two that were there, and then using an escape by force pushing the glass and ultimately escaping. So all of that was good, but I like the ending of the episode the most because we have Vader coming in upset and angry at Third Sister for letting them escape, but she actually lets him know that she put a tracker on their ship to lead them to, I guess, the rebellion or the path to find more Jedi and all of that. So Vader ultimately calms down and while he initially thinks that she is weak and failing, he semi-approves, I guess, and hopes that she's right in this uh, decision. But this is a mimic, again, of episode 4, where he uses the same tactic by placing a tracer or tracker on the Millennium Falcon to find the Rebel base. So a very direct comparison there because Vader was aware of this particular tactic. So overall a good episode. I was originally thinking that in my first viewing that it was going to be or it could have gotten gone in a more negative way to think so if you think of along the lines of young indiana jones and filling in why he has a fear of snakes how he got his hat and how he got his whip that that was all done in a span of like a few scenes or whatever if memory serves but because this was spread out over a few episodes it wasn't you know a scene for scene remake from a new hope that this actually worked out better and they weren't throwing it down your like shoving it down your throats as far as um saying hey hey remember this a wink wink like do you remember this from a new hope do you remember this from fallen order they're all very subtly include incorporating all of these callbacks as a way to uh, incorporate certain things we've seen before and then of course with this episode in my continued comparison to Knights of the Old Republic and various new Star Wars properties including that. So I don't think I remember seeing anything in the book of Boba Fett offhand as far as a comparison to um well maybe as far as the Rancor goes I guess because you have the Rancor pit on um in the Terrace Underworld and then Boba Fett coming in and riding a Rancor as far as the gangs go. So that's a subtle uh, semi-comparison but we have the Mandalorian episode from I believe season 2 where they go where um, the Mandalorian teams up with the Marshal to, uh, and the Sand People to take down the Krayt Dragon which was a direct comparison to um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tatooine and taking down the um, Krayt Dragon there to get the lightsaber pearl out and access to the star map and then in Knights of the Old Republic if you do it right you can actually um, make friends with the sand people much like Mando, much like Mando was doing so in Kenobi my comparison this time around is in episode 4 the all those tanks that we have the Jedi being held in stasis reminded me of the end of Knights of the Old Republic on the Star Forge where Malik used the power of the Star Forge to prevent the Jedi from dying by holding onto their life force. So by draining their life force, he can actually drain their force and regenerate his life. So that's a major dark side power. So that would make sense as far as why the um, Empire has them. So it actually reminded me of that as far as Jedi being held in stasis tanks. So they either have a high force capability or they're they have a touch with the dark side and they want to use them for so i think i saw a theory that they're they, they potentially want to use them for cloning techniques but my theory is that because they're in the fortress inquisitorious that they're used to regenerate the lives of the inquisitors or uh um, they want to ultimately turn them into Inquisitors themselves by correct, corrupting their force power, but there was very little we saw as far as why they're there, so maybe in the next couple of episodes we'll see that, or if there's ever a spin-off show for the Inquisitors, maybe we'll learn something more there, but I definitely do want to research more about those tanks. But that was my comparison there, that these are Jedi being held in stasis, so um, they were not, not being allowed to die, but they are being held to maintain their force energies for use of other, or for the other uses that the Empire might need. So that's all there is for that. Um, it's hard to say where they're going to take it from here. Um, now that we have, um, Kenobi taking Leia back to Alderaan, I suspect. Um, so we don't know if they're going to meet somewhere else to throw the Empire off the trail, like stop at another planet to... Have Bail to have for to have Bail Organa take Leia from there. Um, so and then Kenobi going back into hiding or something like that. But we have two more episodes to see what will happen and if um, Kenobi ultimately meets up with the Force Ghost of um, Qui Gon to continue that training. Or now that um, Obi Wan is getting his Force powers back, now he's going to. Um, 
um, begin his training because he's learned that Anakin is the way he is and he needs to finish his training in order to protect Luke later. So that's all there is for that. So with that, I'll jump into this week's reviews. Alright, so for this week's reviews, I actually have two of them. Um, one is a movie and one is a TV series or the first part of a TV series. So I'm actually going to start off with the TV series just because it's a little bit easier, I guess. So um, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, then the first seven episodes of the first of season four are now available for streaming with, I guess, the final two to start streaming on July 1st. So if you're on top of watching the episodes, then... Um, this review will be about that and my initial thoughts there just because the season is incomplete. Um, so once they finish the season then I'll do another follow-up review to see if my thoughts and all of that change related to the episodes. So as far as the first seven episodes go I found that it was a very good season in that it works as a really good sequel to season one. Um, it actually made seasons two and three feel more like um, transition seasons and that those could have been um, consolidated into um, one season. So this so season four feels more like uh, um, season three and then seasons two and three could have been combined into one. Um, not to say that they were bad seasons, but um this expands more of the um training of l and more of her backstory we get the story of who one is and how he is basically the first um superhuman and how the rest of the kids in the facility are um variations of him and then basically the facility was meant to um, pull out the, um, their powers in various people to see who can handle it, um, if they can translate those powers and ultimately control the kids into doing what I guess the government wants or who this random agency is and what they want. So that's actually why I like the entire season. Um, we learn that there's more backstory as far as a prior person, that one is the source of all of that. Um, we get the team splitting up into living in the real world and then the upside down. So that all generally worked for me. Um, it would kind of help, I guess, to have a refresher on it, seasons two and three, because I guess the first episode was the Demogorgon. And I think the second or third episode was the Mind Flayer. So we're actually, the seasons as they're being released feel like they are being um, upgrades as far as progressing through a video game and um, progressing ultimately up into a boss fight so that's actually why all of this generally just worked and why i suspect the last two episodes of the season are releasing separately in that they are gonna round out the whole thing with the demogorgon i guess and what's happening in the upside down and then season five will i guess be the um repercussions or moving on to other storylines or something like that it's hard to say but overall the season ends with a victory for the kids but no actual resolution i believe um this is where nancy is has been kidnapped but um so they'll have to ultimately rescue her they're gonna have to deal with one and his growing uncontrolled power um, 
So in general, overall, this is basically what a video game to live action translation would be like with various um, like cult pop culture references and things built in. So all in all, a good season. I actually enjoyed it more than the second and third seasons just because it felt like a good sequel. But we wouldn't get to this point until unless you had the seasons two and three. Especially since they have to um, introduce the various characters and all of that. But that could have also been done um, in one season, I guess. So that's why I kind of have to refresh my memory for what happened in season three. Because I actually don't remember much of it. It feels like that was more of a season of... Season three felt like the repercussions season. Um, for the first two seasons and then now season four is moving on onto bigger and badder things so um, if you're watching it that's so I, I guess I would recommend watching it under the guise or under the assumption that um, seasons two and three are one whole part as a sequel to the first season and repercussions and then season three is still or season four is still the a sequel to all of it but taking it all to the next level so all in all a recommendation there or I recommend watching that um so as far as the other review goes I had a chance to finally watch Top Gun Maverick and I want to say it is definitely a movie to watch so if you are a fan of the first one if you like action movies if you like the military if you like Tom Cruise then Top Gun Maverick is a way to go if you have the opportunity, I would recommend watching it in or on an IMAX screen um, or an Adobe Atmos theater because when you're watching it, you're gonna with the IMAX screen, you get all the visuals and um, eye candy of the planes and the actors and all of that, and you get a very good um, throwback to um, how Rooster looks a lot like Goose. In a Dolby Atmos screen, I couldn't really notice too much of the color variations. It gets a little clear enough, but the sound was that much better, so you hear the music that much more clearer. You hear the rumble of the jets in your seat, so it feels like a much more immersive uh, viewing when you're watching it in Dolby Atmos. Um, with that being said, when you watch the film, you would suspect that after all these years, they're going to spend a lot of time with um, throwing Call, or having callbacks to the first film, throwing, shoving it down your throat, but they actually don't do that. So the biggest like throwback moment is how much like Goose Booster looks. Um, but they put the entire film under the um, auspices of um, Maverick still breaking the rules, but also mourning the loss of his best friend, um, and then also having to hold back goose's son because his mom wanted him to so that so he would have rather taken the blame himself rather than create a problem between rooster and his mom so there was that as well but ultimately reconciling because um rooster still looks up to maverick as a father figure even though um they're at odds with each other all the time so Maverick also has to come to terms with Goose's death and letting Rooster mature on his own. So he's old enough to make his own decisions, make his own mistakes, and he actually needs a guiding hand in order to um, become the fighter pilot that he needs to become. So 
Uh, we do have a, the scene, for example, in the canyon when Goose is going at half speed and ultimately uh, realizes that he needs to be the back of her Maverick and speeds up, much like we have in the first Top Gun um, with Maverick. Uh, we do have the football scene, which is a, a mirror comparison to the volleyball scene from the first one. Um, granted, Kelly McGillis didn't show up because she has that new promotion or whatever, so didn't come back, but they handle um, Maverick's first love of Penny by bringing in um well what's her name and i'm drawing a blank but but they basically have penny as a love interest here so overall it was a very good film it went by really fast we have maverick continuing to push the limits and break the rules to show that he's why he was the top gun of his class and to show the uh, younger generation that while their mission is impossible which I guess not thinking about it now, that was a nice subtle uh, callback that it's an it's a, uh, impossible mission and he shows them how it can be done to boost their confidence and he picks the team members that he knows needs that confidence boost to be able to get the job done. So if I was to grade it, I would give it about a 90 to 95%. Overall, it was very well done. Um, there wasn't a very quiet moment. They, the pacing and the speed of the film essentially matches the first one as far as I could tell so very well done I liked the scene with Maverick and Iceman um, so that is a definite high point especially knowing that they used AI to bring back um, Val Kilmer's voice because of his uh, real life throat cancer so um, I'm glad they did that and granted they had the whole um, singing of Great Balls of Fire which I actually didn't mind I mean I guess there were there's the memes going around that why would millennials know that song but Goose being his father's son would know that song and would have taught it to his friends I guess so I like that scene um so overall for me I like the movie just because it didn't shove it down my throat that um this is a sequel to the first Top Gun and that even though they had callbacks they didn't stick on them they had a new movie to figure out how to pass along the baton to the new generation but also understand where the film came from. So that's all there is for this particular review. So if you, uh, and that's all there is for this particular episode. So if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or anything like that, you can comment on this post on Twitter at PatelN01. You can subscribe and support the show by visiting the website at headphonesneal.reviews. And of course, you can easily support the show by visiting the uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash PatelN01, where as a patron, you get bonus content, upcoming content, what schedules like, things I'm working on, and all of that good stuff. So thanks for tuning in to this particular episode, and until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.